0: This episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast has been brought to you by Remax Jack. Jack provides a friendly, customer-driven service in search for homes and provides excellent details on the market, values and trends in buying and selling. Jack has been able to work with Cam on his search and always makes himself available when he has a question. Remax Jack will help you if you're looking to buy or sell a home within the GTA. He's who Cam K trusts to find his next home and he should be yours too. Remember, call Remax Jack and start to pack. For more information, go to Remax Jack dot C A
1: Today, friends, this is Cam K once again for the Stickers and Scuffs podcast with my good buddy. Look at that stash, man! The Dale stash <laughs> coming in, nice and beautiful on my good buddy Graydon and Bun, and our special guest. He's got, I guess, he's got a little bit of a, a, a stash going there too. It's hard to kind of see from the uh, angle long here. Long. <laughs> it's got got a little a little something there. Uh, Corey <laughs> yeah. Albert joining us for the first time. Corey, welcome to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Thanks for having me,
2: guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a little more of a baby stash, though. It's uh, we're trying hard, but we're working on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, Gray- Graydon and I, we kind of had to have a head start. We can't do the whole the whole growing it in a month because, frankly, this is as good as it gets for me. So uh, I'm maxed right max now. <laughs> I,
0: I've been trying for 41 years, so this is all I got. So here we go. Yeah,
1: well, but no, I'm yeah. trying my best. But you know, it's long <laughs> yeah. hair doesn't really give you any benefits hey you yeah know what? fair enough i tell you though you get a blonde stash like uh, what's his name mcconaughey and uh, oh, all, the... right, all right all right all right all right all right. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it man uh we we're glad to have you on and uh you know racing out of brighton speedway and mm-hmm. frankly that is a track that i i am complete novice to i don't know much about it so uh what we'll do uh let's get started core with just you know your background. Um, you know racing in Canada is not something that everybody, as you see now, is being adventurous, jumping up on stuff. While I'm trying to talk here, but <laughs> uh, it's not something that a lot of Canadians go out doing right away. They they're either into their hockey or their lacrosse or in the curling. So why uh, why racing for you? Uh, to
2: be completely honest, I grew up actually hockey. Hockey was my was my passion. So was baseball, but. About around 16 when I got a driver's license, I decided, uh, you know, it's time to start doing some fun stuff with the car. Uh, pretty much once I got a license, it turned into hockey, kind of went away, and then it was just all about driving a car and going fast. And then, you know, can't really go too fast on the on the highways and roads without getting in trouble. So I said, mm-hmm. what better way to do it is to go to a race car track. <laughs> and then, that's the safe uh, way to do it yeah 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 no yeah so i started pretty much with my dad we go to um, the old barry speedway down in barry is where i kind of grew up going there with my dad on the weekends there and my two brothers and uh from there i just became a passion like i fell in love with it i wanted to do it i just knew it was gonna be a matter of time before i get my hands on a car and go racing it was just waiting for that right opportunity and right time essentially and then dirt, dirt just kind of came in, just worked to be into the picture. And I've actually never drove an asphalt racetrack, but just started on dirt and went to dirt and fell absolutely in love with it. Like I'm obsessed with it from, oh, buddy, I couldn't even tell you. It's just nuts. Like I love that. <laughs>
1: <craft>. That's <laughs> the feeling you get when you're in car. That's crazy to me. I, I I, really, I look at them and go, I, of all the things I would have, I only knew really asphalt racing here. And mm-hmm. I think through this podcast, right, and I think we've kind of been op- our eyes open to how much the dirt world is big here. Like, it is not something small. Oh, well, like here. we've talked about just before we
0: came on, uh, before we started recording, I mean, I we are asphalt guys, but I half of my starts have come on dirt. I mean, I it's, it's an attraction, right? And once you get into it, it's like, oh, my God, I see what everybody's talking about, right,
2: Corey? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you finally go and hit a track and you turn right to go left, yes. it just blows your mind at the actual... Yeah. Like, the things that go on when you're in a car. You don't think about it. And next thing you know, you try to turn left and you're on the infield tracker tire having a great time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But it... Te- like, it should...
0: I don't want to... It's not a disrespect to the... It's a discipline, right? Everybody picks their own. And it, but as you said, when it's necessary to turn right to go left. I felt like in the out or in the the legend car. I mean, it's just, it's such an amazing feeling where you're, you're control like on the ragged edge of control. And I mean, it's, Oh my God. It just,
2: Oh, you're not describe it. Yeah, you're like almost sideways with the car. And it's just like, it's not, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not going around the turn. You're like, I don't know, you're like drifting around the turn almost. It's crazy. Yeah, does your face hurt from smiling sometimes? Oh, frigging. The very first time I was on a dirt track, I think my uh, my friends were in the pits and they could hear me screaming from the car going down (laughs) the backstretch, fist pumping about how much fun I was having. Like, it was absolutely insane it sounds familiar what was that what
1: was that first dirt track was it brighton that you went to yeah
2: yep brighton's been my actually my only dirt track i've actually driven on so far Mm -hmm. um so i started back in brighton first time was 2018 in the stinger car it's your basic v or v6 front wheel drive pontiac grand prix stripped down still had the dashboard in it (laughs) and I my, actually, I went and watched a buddy. He actually bought a car. His name was Jeff Watson. He um, he pretty much bought the car. He went out and I just happened to go watch him one weekend. And I watched and I was like, you know what? I got to do it. Like, I just got to go get me a car and I got to try it. So I went out that week and bought a uh, lime green Malibu. It was my first car. Yeah, lime nice. green. It was the ugliest looking thing you could imagine. But you know what? I absolutely loved that car to death.
1: Mm-hmm getting behind the wheel that first time then Corey. how many times you spin out or was it just natural
2: god i pretty much spun out the first turn because i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) I was just going in full throttle, didn't even care. I was like, we're just going to send this, and we're going to have a good time doing it. And if we hit something, we hit something. If we make it, God help us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love this guy already. So Sounds bad. familiar,
1: <laughs> doesn't <to> it,
2: Green? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let Jeez. her rip, Tater Chip. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. Literally.
1: <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last, right? That's yeah. The way yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's funny because, like I said, I- I know World of Outlaws. That's what my experience was from Dirt. And I thought, I, I just, I can't watch these guys because they're nuts, right? Like, oh, seriously. Have, the balls that you got to have to drive that fast into a corner where you really don't have a ton of protection. Like, there's, there's been a lot of loss in the World of Outlaws. And, I mean, specifically, I'm talking about, like, the sprint cars, right? Like, those are the, oh, the ones that I, I'm guys familiar, familiar with. Fun. Right, exactly (laughs) absolutely crazy guys um and then of course you you kind of have you're in a class that i'm not really as familiar with i mean this is it's listed as a canadian modified i think my version of what a modified looks like really different from what a dirt modified looks like (laughs) the asphalt ones you got the big front tires and everything like that well i don't know what the kind of contraption is but let's talk about kind of like What is your car, essentially? Like, where are you picking up the chassis from? Um, Is it something that you built yourself? Well, the car
2: actually was a track championship car there at Brighton. So it was Andrew Hennessy's original car. It's a 2016 Shaw chassis. So Mm -hmm. Shaw themselves actually make the chassis. And then you could imagine the amount. Everything on that car is modified. There's not one stock part on that car besides maybe the brake rotors. (laughs) and everything about that car is you could change one little thing and it changes the setup completely tightens it loosens it makes the car sit higher sit lower turn left turn right digs the car into the corner it's just there's so much you can do and it's just so littlest things make that car go crazy like you could do a half turn in the right rear and the whole car turns twice as fast into the corner for you like it's just it blows my mind at the amount of learning you can do and like just basically trying different things every week cuz like don't get me wrong Tennessee gave me a great setup to start with but every driver is different every yeah. driver has their own feel of the car and like for me I've never driven anything remotely close to a modified so getting into that car was absolutely mind blowing like night and day I, I couldn't even describe the feeling to you like the car picks up off the rails and you're literally floating in the air going down the straightaway to the point where you <laughs> as soon as you lift it's you're going into a wall so you got to pretty much trick your brain into staying on the throttle the entire time because as soon as you lift the car wants to just kick right on you automatically and for me that was my biggest thing was just yeah. not being a baby about it i got to just get out there and just freaking drive the thing and that was probably one of my biggest things i got the heat part down and you know practice fun i can fly around the racetrack come feature time when it's nice and slick a lot of it comes down to foot control and hard barely any braking and then with these cars you can put brake in the rear you can put brake in the front i can turn off the right front brake all together there's just so much you can do to these cars to make them want to turn. Like we have it set up now where I think I'm at a pretty decent spot where the car already starts to turn for me into the turns. <laughs> and I just got to help guide it. Essentially, like you're barely moving your hands on the steering wheel almost. What uh, in terms of
0: power, uh, like what powers the your race car and drivetrain and that
2: sort of thing, Corey? So with the Canadian Modifieds, you can run uh, – we run a – well, I run personally, I run a 602 crate. So it's yep. a 350 horsepower, a mm-hmm. three-speed Segwin transmission, and um, it's got a J-bar in the back end that just – the whole back end just does its own thing, like up and down. And it just it, yeah. You can steer it basically from the rear of the car. Like half the time, the front left tire doesn't even touch the track going around because you're just catwalking it. It's and- – yeah, so like I know you can run a built motor, but there's a lot of like you have to run smaller tires and there's just different things that you have to do. So, me, I'm so early into it and I'm still in such a learning process with it that, um, with all the help I have, it's just easier to stay with the 602 crate right now. Mm-hmm. And in case something ever goes wrong or if there's any problems, it's not hard, but it, I mean, they're expensive as heck, don't get me wrong. Like, I just blew one up at the end of last year, so I'm in um you are just it's very stock stuff with the engine which is really good and then I have a pretty good and I would think an okay knowledge of it but you know you're constantly learning with those cars that's I
0: I spent the the NASCAR week at Oshuiken and just looking at all the different race cars there and like you say the the suspension travel like as as asphalt guys it's totally foreign looking looking at all the different setups and the way they travel. And as you say, the, the rear suspensions are so amazing and all that sort of thing. It, it's a completely different discipline as stickers and scuffs, of course. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the tire analogy itself is not uh, lent to, to dirt racing, but it's, it's, it's all a community, right? I mean, racing, it doesn't matter where you are, what discipline you pick. It's there's always a family atmosphere in every discipline you're in.
2: Couldn't agree more. Like I, when I first got into this, I um I met a group of guys. So uh, Dan Price, Graham Ennis, like these guys, um, Graham Flett, They kind of just like absorbed me into their family almost. Like it's amazing how fast I just connected with these guys, and then next thing you know every single day we're either out at one guy's house or we're always together talking racing. And it just, it blew me away. And like I would go to the ends of the earth for these guys now and then just like their family to yeah. me essentially. And it took such a short period of time, but they're just such great people. And so, so like, it's very helpful. Like they'll go out of their way for like anything like Dan Price has got a whole, literally a car a trailer full of parts to build a whole nother car. If you needed one at a track. I don't know how many times I've been pitted beside him. Some guy pops a hole in a radiator and all of a sudden you see Dan pop out of the trailer. Here you go. I got one right here. Or he's got a spare transmission. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, I don't know. I'd be so, like, screwed without those guys for sure. Like, each week going to the track, knowing that those guys are there to help me and be there. It just, it's a huge benefit and a huge help to me for sure. Because I'd be so lost. Like, just lost. (laughs) It's that's
1: it's funny you say that because I think great where we think we can tie that into your experience really when you when you went to the racetrack first time as a racer it was literally in the outlaw midgets and you had issues with the car and literally every competitor was like you had like people coming you had the champion Jessica James just walking up helping you like it just it it's crazy how everybody like as a fan perspective when we started this we all thought well there's no way competitors help each other right no way. And literally it's the complete opposite. Yeah. that's Count, Countless times.
0: We'll tie that in in a couple of ways. I mean, competitors want to beat you fair and square. They don't want to see you sitting off watching the race happen in front of you. I mean, uh, Rob McCall, the hooligan there, Rob Harrison, Jessica James, they all blew off their practice sessions and helped, uh, this is where I'm tying it in on another level. Uh, somebody that's a good friend to all of us here, uh, Uh, there was nobody I wanted to have in my corner other than Wade Yarrow as a guy that's so knowledgeable in terms of all the tracks around and everything. But, uh, I asked him to be, uh, I thought it was more ceremonial at the time to be my crew chief, just having him there. But man, he turned wrenches in like the ultimate way. Like all of us were changing engines on my race car and everything on our first trip to the track. Um, this is tying the whole family thing together, Ben, but, uh, this is also a little sidebar to our show, but, uh, how about that, uh, Marshall Wade guy?
2: Oh, I couldn't say enough about that guy that he shows up every weekend with the biggest smile on his face and he will literally do anything you ask without even questioning it. Like if it's turn a wrench, if it's blow up a tire, if it's even just putting gas in the car, the guy just wants yes. to be there. It. Like it's unbelievable. Like I don't know how many times he shows up in my work just to come and chat with me or come and be like, "Hey man, guess what? I got some cool crap for you this week." Like <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like a hat on your head, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> but yeah, I can't say enough about Wade, man. That guy, he is a phenomenal guy and uh I'm so glad he's a, a part of the family pretty much. Like he's done so much for me over the last year. It's it it's incredible. Like I just can't say enough about the guy.
0: Yeah, that's a, a thing that you and I have in common, Corey, is that uh, I can't explain how just how, like, a crew chief is is like your not only your head wrench, but he's your cheerleader and stuff. And, man, I needed him in the worst way that day. And there was uh, nobody else that I, I could have asked for in terms of just the experience knowing Peterborough and, and the people around and everything. So... That's our, our salute to you there, Wade, who's also the marketing guru uh, on the side. That guy wears a lot of hats as a race fan. Oh, I mean
2: doing something new every every day. Massive yet. props to
0: that
1: dude. Oh yeah. Constantly going. Have we so, made you, have we made him cry yet, Graydon, Do you think? Is he is he? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think yeah. He, I thought so. <laughs> I said, if we if we make him cry out of this, then we're we're doing our job, eh? Yes. <laughs> Uh, you, oh yeah i love this like it's, it's such a good conversation because it's we've talked about the people that you meet you mentioned a couple of those names graham and 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 dan that's not the first time we've heard that
0: yeah man. those praise boys are good fellas
1: we've heard oh, some of these names absolutely. before right like on the asphalt side i'm i'm pretty certain there's a, a name by cine <coughs> uh who we've heard uh mentioned um amanda balson i believe has mentioned uh graham before so oh, yeah. you know they, they know they know, and it's... Word
0: gets around who's good guys and around. who's, like, good folk. It's Graham. the Warren,
1: Lawrence is out in, in Delaware. It's the same situation. It's like, mm-hmm. there's people that just, you know, no matter what, just buckle up and try to help. And I don't know and, who
2: I haven't talked to. Like, did, Graham's got his hand in every cookie jar. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't know. You talk to any driver, he's touched that car, he's worked on that car, he's fabricated mm-hmm. it in some way to make it amazing like the stuff i see come into his shop and go out of his shop absolutely blows my mind what that guy can do like it's phenomenal and like the knowledge he has and even dan like manda's car for example like i've that car is in there was in there a fair bit this year just with the bad luck she had and unfortunately and like watching him rebuild a car in a week it was just mind-blowing like
1: the guy just phenomenal out of this world stuff yeah, and it's it's these are the stories that we want to hear on this podcast. That these are the ones that we want to bring because everybody sees the drivers, they see the media, they see the, the crew members. They don't see the background. They don't see the unsung heroes, and those are the names that we're talking about right now. They're the ones that are making it happen. Uh, Justin Wade's case with with uh, you know doing marketing for you this year, you know doing working on the car, doing whatever he can. I'm curious, Corey, how easy it's been. To find people to work on a crew because one of the things that we hear a lot of the a lot of the times is man we we need help we need help and, and it's like a that, trades
0: problem not even it, just a racing it, problem it, it, is.
1: <laughs> it is though because a lot of the, it is it's i want to work from home i want to work on a computer i want it there's not that i want to go work on three different types of cars tonight you know we t- we had kevin traveling on this show And we're talking about Kevin and winning a championship and doing what he's doing. He's talking about how he's finishing his regular day job and staying at work to then work on the cars. Right. Like that's just a mentality that you are not born with. You have to learn how to work hard like that.
2: Yeah. Like I've watched Graham go, like I work with Graham actually um, down at career industries and we work eight to five and he gets off work and he goes straight to a shop and he's at that shop till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, sometimes even, you know, one in the morning trying to just working on cars. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a passion. Like you got to love it. Cause like, don't get me wrong. You, we put in lots and lots of hours on these cars behind the videos and behind the pictures. And then a lot and a lot goes into these things. Like for sure. Like we'll spend 40 hours a week working on race cars. Like mm-hmm. it just, you don't see that every like You don't see that, but like, guys like Wade, like he and Graham, like these guys for me to find them is like a dime a dozen. Like it's yeah. impossible. But once you find them and they become in like part of your family, almost you don't screw it up. Like you just don't cause <laughs> like you're so screwed as soon as you do. Like, let me tell you, <laughs> those boys, I'd be so freaking lost and I'd be still working on the car after
1: week one and week 16, trying to still get it back together. <laughs> well, and, and you got a top 10, in, in the championship this year, obviously, you know, it, it, you had a tough couple end, ends to the, to the year. I mean, like you said like it, it, shit happens, right. And there, there's not not much you can do about it. I'm curious, in fact, about the, the chaos that happens out on a dirt track because like one thing that I, I misinterpreted was how um, chaotic dirt racing was because yeah, for the most, fast. for the most of those dirt races, they're clean. I was I was blown away with how we can't seem to make it through one turn in the Cup series without wrecking half the field, um, in a lot of racetracks. Yet, guys that are running on something that you wouldn't have thought cars would be able to, to turn around in uh, and not wreck. And, and I guess I'm, I'm my my question really is uh, the damage. Are we talking write-offs here? Like, I can't imagine that the cars get involved too severely.
2: With these cars, like, my modified, like, I can't speak for other divisions, but I know for, like, with my car and the way Graham has built it for me, these cars are basically sheet sheet metal and bars. So, like, Mm -hmm. we got, we unfortunately got wrecked pretty good very night one. We got ran over coming past the checkered flag. Back and forth whose fault it was we won't really talk about that we'll just say it was my fault we'll call it a day but we got destroyed like our whole driver's side literally buddy pretty much put his front tire in my car and um you can take these cars apart and you can just beat them with a rubber mallet and put them back straight um for me I never knew that. And I didn't know how easy it was really to fix these. Like we ran the same body all year long; We didn't change mm. it once. And wow. uh, I probably got beat up. Like every race you go out and there'd be a bent quarter panel or, <laughs> you know, you'd fold in a door, but like these, these cars are just, there's so much leeway on the inside of them. I would say that it's just very easy to pound them out with a rubber hammer. Like it ain't the prettiest thing in the world. She so ain't wearing no beauty and Don't get me wrong. But like, you could just beat her with a rubber hammer, strap her back on, and she's ready to go. And a big thing with that would be Dan. Like, he taught me, like, when we would wreck in week one, I I was beside myself. I was like, oh, my God, this is catastrophic. We're done. Like, my whole life's over. Having a hissy fit, you know, freaking out in the pits. And Dan looks at me, and he goes, that ain't even that bad. Like, we'll just take a hammer, pound her out. She'll be ready to go next week. And it just blows my mind at how fast and easy it is to build put these cars back together once you've done that um it might be a little different for asphalt guys like i know with the late models they got some fiber class bodies and stuff like that but with the sheet metal they bend and they take a beating and they just come right back like it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal how much you can actually do to these cars
1: it's i guess it would be cost saving in a way right we're not you're not spending all that money replacing piece after piece i mean we talked about this right and about how many pieces um even saving
0: time i mean right like
1: well, it's just just the availability, right? You can't run a race mm-hmm. if you don't have every panel on the car, right? right. And you not you don't have the option of you know <laughs> st- you know using a mallet and and hitting it back back together. Yeah, right? that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, I mean that's that's remarkable to hear that. I mean it's um one of the things that we've kind of realized this past year, Corey, is is just the amount of such amazing racing divisions that you can literally go out and they don't break the bank for you. You know, I mean, the bone stock division we've talked about with the, the, the Lawrence's like, hell, you can go out there and get yourself a piece of crap, uh, Sunfire, even though they're not a piece of crap, they run forever. Uh, but you go out there and hell, you can run a full season on the same car. No problem. Right. And it, it won't cost you a crazy amount of money. Uh, you don't have to have a ton of experience, but I'm curious for you you've been in this do you need to have racing experience before you go on dirt based on your own experience um my suggestion would
2: be if you're gonna do it start in a lower division where you can kind of pace yourself figure out if it's actually something you want to do because like it's completely different than asphalt like you gotta love it or you either love i find it's you either love it or hate it like, there's no in between with dirt it's like you're either obsessed with it or you want to go and drive an asphalt car <laughs> but like if my my honest opinion would be starting a stinger class starting a comp four or you know mini stock class and then do it for a year or two make sure it's something you want before you go and drop the big penny like that modified mm-hmm. i just happened to luck into it like it was for sale and it was a quick buy because i knew it was going to go fast and it was either you know what? We came into some money with selling the house during COVID. So we got a little bit extra. So we are like, you know what? Let's do this. We're going to do it. We might as well try. So we spent the money on it because it's a little expensive up front. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I think we were like 18 for the car, another nine for the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bodies, anywhere from three to four. Tires can get a little expensive. but Best thing about dirt is I can run in one set of tires
1: all year long. See? Yeah that's the key right there. That's the key. I mean, that's where they're getting killed. Right. Pinty's, for example, perfect example is it's like 400 bucks a tire per race. Yeah. Which right? is crazy. Like, that's disgusting. Um, you know, and, and I mean, for our own dirt guru next to me, I mean, he, he definitely got an opportunity to race in, in that, in, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I guess again, to my own, <laughs> my own ignorance over dirt racing, being an asphalt guy, uh, I expected to see um, the cup series at Bristol the first time with mud essentially and everybody overheating and no idea that the, the really, the, the, the way that it's run up here is, is really good. I mean, the races that we've seen at Brighton Merrittville, and, um, Oshweek and Speedway, thanks to G-Force. I have not been to a dirt race yet. Um, unfortunately. Oh, I'm going to get you there. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> we, we've been, we have been told, yes, that we, we are, uh, we have to, um, but it is unlike anything else. You're going home with dirt on your face. I'm curious, though, as, as a driver, <laughs> how much you end up going home with? Uh, i probably go
2: home with a sandbox full of dirt each night. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty crazy. um, uh, my best suggestion if you're going to come watch bring some safety glasses because staring into the track you uh, it's a constant dirt it depends, you know sometimes <laughs> they do a good job like they do a great job at bright and set the track up every night mm-hmm. um as the track obviously slicks off you know it gets drier it gets a little more dusty so you ye- you know you'll have dirt in your ears up your nose you know like you go and blow your nose and it's your brack because you're snorting out dirt but <laughs> Honestly, I think that's what makes us crazy and how much we love it. It's because I can come home and I just take a shower and the bottom of my shower is just a sandbox. It's just mud. Like I got it in my butt crack. I got it up in my ears. But <laughs> you can imagine it's everywhere.
1: It's the yeah. full experience. No oh, suits, yeah. no suits at the racetrack, yeah. uh, the dirt racetrack. Oh, don't
2: sure. be wearing anything you want to wear to Sunday. Cause like it ain't going to be good <laughs> when you get there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing uh the The team colors right now, and uh, you got yourself a bit of an early Christmas present. Speaking of uh, race car bodies and stuff, uh, that thing looks pretty sweet, man.
1: Really sharp, yeah.
2: Graham, I mean, like I said, that man does magic things. Like, gave him a car. I gave him a beat up car, and he made that thing look like it's a brand new car. I just pulled off the line, like it's. I can't say enough. Like the guy is just phenomenal, and like mm-hmm. that car is the nicest thing i probably ever owned. Like, it's nicer than my truck for Christ's sake. Like, like to be mm-hmm. serious, like that thing is my baby. And, uh, uh, I, I think we're only about 3000 into that body, the whole entire body, which. is nothing like at the end of the day from these guys spending 500 to a thousand on one fender. in Some cars, it's just, we did a little different route. We went with a fiberglass roof. Um, the actual mm-hmm. driver door and quarter panels are plastic this year. They're not, sheet metal so there's a company out of the states called stark that um they actually deal with the world of outlaws and a lot of these big name guys do it and apparently these body panels will just take an absolute shit kick and up and down and then they just come right back every every video we've watched like you can concave the rear quarter panel in and put it pretty much upside down and all of a sudden you just whack it she comes straight back and she's straight again so we're going to try that out and hopefully, you know, <laughs> if she lasts a little longer than one night this time. That'd be the driver. That's great that you, br- yeah,
0: <laughs> that you bring that up, actually. I mean, that uh, technology, I guess you'd say, is becoming more commonplace. I mean... To your point, I mean, it, it's great to be able to take a rubber mallet and and beat the body back and take some aggression out when you get some sheet metal <laughs> bent in, but at the same time, if you have a panel that's, uh, for lack of a better term, like a recycling box, if you kick it in, you can it'll just rebound back out. I mean, if you can get better wear out of the out of that panel for an entire season or half a season or whatever, I mean the idea is to reduce operating costs and for an owner operator like yourself, that's, I mean, this is like working knowledge. You're going to find out whether this is worth it or not. Right.
2: It's a test run for sure. But everything we've heard about this is, it seems to be a good, a good way to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love working on a race car. Just not every single night. Yeah. <laughs> to put it back together. So hopefully and this will be a little. More-
0: yeah. And that's kind of, th- it's, as an like owner operators and rate or owner drivers, I guess like you're spending a lot of time in the shop. And if that's one thing that you don't have to worry about beating a panel out for, even if it's half an hour, that's, it's not necessarily dollars per hour if you're doing it yourself, but if you are, you're paying a shop hand or it's just money saved or time saved, regardless if that panel just, bounces itself back out after it gets a little contact or something like that
2: yeah no definitely time is money so i mean it's all about sorry sorry,
0: man it's just like the racing bottom line is so thin as it is that if it helps you in any sort of way that's got to be good
2: oh yeah 100 percent. like i mean i got a three-year-old at home so as much time as i can come home and spend with him and my wife better I know I drive, she gets, like, a little vacation every summer because she's like, thank God you're going racing. Now I get my time to myself. <laughs> yeah. She loves kicking me out of the house, trust me.
0: <laughs> but she's,
2: like, one of my biggest supporters. She's her and my little man Colton. They've been there from the start. And if it wasn't for them, I'd, they definitely wouldn't be doing it because, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? So she's got to yep. be happy and supportive at the same time as much as I love doing it too, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Totally
0: get
2: it. Yep.
1: And you get to be able to do it because you have some amazing partners that are on your race car and uh master of Segways, Cam K right here. Um, so we always like to give the opportunity, uh, Corey, for you to shout out your partners. And um, before we get to that, we want to obviously um, extend our gratitude for running us on your dirt car last year. Um, that was yeah, our, big our first experience being on a dirt car. And, and we are excited to announce that you're gonna be carrying us once again for 2023.
0: Um might so, look good on that black body I, I kind of
1: I'm really excited to see how it looks on that car. So we'll be getting the, the decals out uh in the new year. But um let's shout out your sponsors, Corey. All right. So I had to write this down so I
2: didn't freaking miss anybody because I don't know how many times <laughs> I've done this. So obviously we'll start with my wife and my kid and the family for sure. The crew I got two guys uh Tyler Porter, Brandon Harris. Graham Ennis, you know Dan always being at the track to help me. Oh God, uh, Graham Flett, um, Paul, Sean, even Ryan Kimball. He runs asphalt and he's been a huge help mm-hmm. too when he can. Um, Sponsor wise, I got to thank obviously Graham Ennis. He's got his own company called GTA Fabrication. They do all the bodywork as you guys can see with the new crew. Uh, Flathead Designs, which is Graham Flett. He does the, uh, pretty much my wraps, um, all the design and decals on the car. That's all him. Worldwide Turf is my dad's company. They um, do artificial sports fields all over Canada and the States. Oshawa Community Credit Union. They came on board for the first time last year and I couldn't be more happier. Obviously, Wade and Fast and all. Like, what can I say? Like, it just blows my mind. John and John and Sandy at J and J or Insulations in uh, Port Perry, um, they're one of my biggest sponsors for sure, and I really appreciate all they've done for me. Like without these guys, I I wouldn't be able to race. Like it just it, that's the way it is, right? And uh, and oh, and also Scott and at Drill Co and Walter Servicing Technologies, they're going to be a new sponsor on the car this year. So I want to welcome them aboard too. And I look forward to having them on. And obviously you guys, like you guys are more than welcome to be on that car. Cause you guys are, you, you guys are amazing. Right. So you guys have me on a podcast <laughs> for the first time ever. So this is like freaking Hollywood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, yeah. We, we don't know about that, but uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to seeing Corey Halbert all season long. Are uh, you still going to run at Brighton Speedway uh, next year? Or are we going to uh, go out to uh, any other events next year? Uh, We're getting a little more comfortable with it. So I think we might venture out a little bit
2: this year. Um, It's still in the works, obviously. We're definitely going to run full-time at Brighton again. Uh, We're going to try and go and Our goal is probably hit a top five in points this year. Um, So we're going to try and aim for that for sure. Be a little more aggressive. Hopefully get a feature win. Uh, We got a couple heat. I got our first heat win last year and a few top fives. So... That was really big for me, so just getting more seat time, right? Um, I know they have a couple races down at like South Buxton and Merrittville later on in the year where they run the mods, so we might venture out that way. And there's been some talks about maybe going to the states for a race or two, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. That's kind of you know a dream down the road essentially. So we're definitely gonna run full time at Brighton, and uh, hopefully maybe get out for a couple races away from home and try out some new tracks for sure. Corey How yeah, definitely yeah keep
0: us Braden's posted to wrap and, it up <laughs> yeah I was just gonna keep us posted man and uh we can't thank you enough for the time and it's it was really cool to learn about uh your your discipline and, and your car and we can't wait to hear how twenty twenty three goes for you man.
2: Oh absolutely guys I appreciate you having me on and like I said this is a first for me so this is awesome and I can't thank you guys enough like I've never It's just nice to be able to talk to some people about and like get my sponsors out there and just, you know, all my friends and family too, get them some recognition for sure. Cause like I said, I'd be, I'm nothing without them and you guys. So at the end of the day, it's a family, it's a huge family. So we just got to keep motoring along and go from there.
0: That's likewise too, man. We're nothing without guys like you, man. We love hearing stories about you're, you're just like you're, you and I are not that different, man. (laughs) It's cool to hear just, yeah make it living the dream and racing cars it's it's yep. something that everybody loves to hear I mean who doesn't love stories of going fast and That's we it, appreciate
2: right? it so much man yeah well thank you guys so much for having me really I gotta do I can say enough but you guys have been great and I can't thank you enough. Yeah. So you guys have been awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, enough buttering us up for this episode. We're going to go and uh, enjoy that. But uh, tune in next week for our next episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast.